Hey, thanks for joining me on Sound Guy Tips Podcast. There's no doubt that doing live sound is all about hands-on learning. Books are great, videos are great, you know, talking about technical things can be good, but it's all meaningless without trying it out in a real show with a real band for a real audience for things to really start sinking in. This is why teaching services in any format are hard to translate to real results. So in this episode, instead of talking about technical tips or how-tos, I wanted to talk about how to manage dealing with people to have an event with multiple bands run smoothly. You know, whether you like it or not, bands are going to ask you a lot of questions during the event, and not knowing the answers to any of those always gives me a bad feeling. So I like to do as much as I can in advance just to know about what's going to happen for the event I'm going into. So let's get it going. Welcome to Sound Guy Tips. I've created this show because I am dedicated to sharing as much knowledge as I can about the world of live sound. Listen, Getting into the world of live audio can certainly be intimidating, but I'm here to teach you the technical aspects, key mindsets, and how to thrive socially to stay on top of call lists, land an awesome house gig, or get yourself on retainer with a great touring band. So this is Sound Guy Tips. Now can we cut this music out? Oh man, I'm sick of all this inspirational crap. There we go, that's better. My name is Jonah Kay, and this is Sound Guy Tips Podcast. I wanted to take this episode and just kind of do a walkthrough of what your responsibilities are going to be if you're a house sound tech on a show where you have four or five bands playing. So in the larger world of sound, all these jobs are divvied up to different people. So there's going to be like front of house tech, monitor tech, stage manager, um, you know, there's going to be the promoter, there's going to be stage hands, loaders, there's, you know, there's going to be a wide range of jobs that need to be done and there's going to be multiple people to do it. But when you're in a house gig situation, oftentimes you have to do all of them. So it requires a lot of communication and just kind of knowing what needs to be done. So if you're relatively new, hopefully this is a good guide on how to get through a show like this. So let's start off with before the show is even happening. So how you can prepare in advance. So things you want to know before you get to the show was going to be how many bands there are, what order the bands are playing in, um, maybe what time is the load in for the bands so that you can you know, be there as much time in advance as you need to prepare before they arrive. If you're confident, maybe you're there half an hour before, you know, if you want more prep time, maybe an hour to an hour and a half before the bands get there. So it's good to know what time load the band load in time is. It's also nice to know uh, what order the bands are playing in and their set times. So when they start and when they end. And is there a noise curfew at the venue? Because this could be important to make sure the show is on time so that every band still gets the right amount of time to play. Another thing you might want to get 
if possible, is an input list for each band. So you know what mics or different type of instruments you're going to have to deal with. You want to know what time the sound checks are and how many there are in advance. Uh, Maybe there's no sound checks. Maybe there's only one. Maybe every band's expecting a sound check. You know, every show has different agreements. Uh, You want to know what time the doors are going to open so that you can make sure that you get what you need to get done before the doors are open and people are supposed to be allowed in. Another thing you can do is go on an event page online and look up the band and listen to maybe 30 seconds of a song to see what style of music they are. Or better, find a live video so you can see how many members there are, kind of where they are on stage, how many singers they have, and you know what you can expect if they didn't send you any type of advanced information like this. And as you get into doing sound more and more, you're going to end up mixing the same bands a whole bunch of times because there's only so much local musicians and local bands that come and play at local venues like one that you'd be at. So after a while, all of this prep stuff kind of, you know, like, to be honest, sometimes I don't do any of these things because I'm overconfident and, you know, it can bite you in the ass sometimes. So just get in the habit of spending a few minutes to look at each of these details because, you know, even if you've done or mixed the band before, and you see their name on the bill, and then you go, oh, yeah, it's it'll be fine. But, you know, maybe the other bands are completely different from them, and you have to maybe do a little bit of prep before you get there. So what do you do when the band gets there? Now, I've played in bands a lot, and, you know, I can remember countless times of us getting there and bringing our gear inside And there's no sound guy in sight. You know, he ends up being an hour or more later than us or other bands arriving. And you just, you don't want to do that. It makes people feel uncomfortable. They don't know, maybe they've never been to the venue before and they don't want to put their stuff in the wrong spot or they don't know whether they should start setting up on stage. So assuming you went in a couple hours before load-in time to get the stuff ready for sound check. Um, when the bands get there, you want to make sure that you greet them right away. You know, it's best to just start out, you know, hi, I'm Jonah. I'll be the house tech for the night. You know, if you have any questions, you can come to me. You know, let them speak. Uh, introduce yourselves. Uh, you know, then you can ask them, you know, what band are you guys in? You know, if you know in advance what order they're supposed to be playing in, you can quickly confirm that with them so that you're both on the same page. Just kind of reconfirm your advanced information and then you can, you know, you can move forwards with the setup. After speaking for a minute or two, it will kind of become clear who the leader of the band is because they will probably hit you up with some questions like, uh, hey, where do we set up our merch? Uh, Where do we store our gear right now or where do we put the gear during the show you know where where can we park the van during the show you know if no one asks these questions you should still know the answers and you can announce it to the group um, so that the band is clear on those details if the band doesn't come in with a manager or somebody leading like that there's also usually going to be one person in the band who's kind of the technical leader, and you can speak with that person 
about their sound setup and you don't have to kind of just randomly go to the bass player and say, hey, uh, how many toms does the drummer have? Or like, you know, questions like that. Just try and find that one person. Now, one of the hardest things for me is to remember anyone's names, okay? Meeting 20 people in a 30-minute period can be tough to remember who's who, who's in what band, and just anyone's name for that matter. So one way you can get around this is carry around a little notebook and write down for each band your main contact person for the show. If you, again, if you don't have any advanced emails or any information like this. Okay, then you can ask them, you know, what instruments they have and stage positions and quickly jot down uh, this stuff for each band just in a little notebook with the person's name beside it. Then in an hour or so, when it's their turn to do sound check or whatever the case may be, you can quickly look at your book and then go up and address them by their name. And, you know, that helps people with their comfort level. You know, one thing you can't really teach is earning the band's trust, okay? But you can do this right from the beginning by at least being friendly and having the information to answer their immediate questions like I just went over. This at least puts them at ease for the moment and lets you continue your work and let them know that that you know what's going on. They're going to ask you a bunch of questions because when bands come in, there's at least some type of uh, expectation right away that you know more than they do uh, about sound setup, about the venue, about gear. You know, they might even ask you to help sort out a problem if their amp isn't working properly. Like you are the expert in the situation. So you have to try and work around problems, even if you don't know anything about it. It's it's kind of your job to be the one that knows how to fix things. So even if you don't know, it sucks, but you'll have to figure it out. So another thing with getting in with the band and earning their trust is during the setup, you know, spend a few minutes during the setup just listening to the band talk to each other. You know, are they laughing, joking around, or are they really serious and on edge? You know, if they're joking around, then, you know, you can try and jump in and and add to the, add to the atmosphere, you know, almost become one of the band members for a couple of minutes while you're up there doing your work. You might not know each other, But just being yourself and joking around while you're getting them set up can be a win for the rest of the night. You know, if you do extra stuff for them and then they have technical requests that might not be able to be met, at least, you know, they'll they'll understand that that you're on their level and you're working together. So you might be able to get away with not being able to deliver every single request they have if you know, you have some type of camaraderie there. And then on the other hand, you know, if if you notice them being antisocial, you can just leave them alone. Just talk business with them. You know, keep it to just information about the show. Do your job. Don't ask them more questions than necessary, but still let them know that you're there for them and ask them, you know, whatever they need. Uh, you'll take care of it and just leave it at that. So after sound check and before the doors open, 
uh, you want to go and check in with the leader of the band again and confirm set times so that they're all good to go. You know, you can just go up and and go, hey, yeah, I just wanted to double check and make sure you know what time your sets are. So do you know what time your set starts? You know, let them answer uh, to see if they know, you know, maybe if if it matches up with, with what you thought, you can go, okay, perfect, all good. You know, if they say 9.15, but it's actually supposed to be 9, you can you can correct them or you can double check both of your information to make sure that you're right and the information that they have is right. If what they have is wrong or or their um or their understanding of how long their set is or when it starts is not accurate, you can correct that before the doors even open to make sure that you're both on the same page. Um, and you know, you can avoid you can avoid having a changeover happen and the bands, you know, you're you're looking at your watch and you're going, okay, it's it's 8.58, okay, they should be starting in two minutes, and then 9 comes around, and then 9.05 comes around, and then you have to go around to the band and go, hey, are you going to get up there? And they go, oh, I thought it was 9.15. You know, that's you don't you want to avoid that situation altogether. So just double check with them before the doors open. Now, in a bigger event, this would be the job of a stage manager. But in this scenario, if you're on your own, that means you have to do it. Playing the psychological game with the band is key. You know, making it clear that you're both there for the same reason and you will do whatever you can to make sure the show goes smoothly for the band is really important. Like, having a band feel at ease and confident in their sound guy is just going to lend to a better show overall. Like, for example, I had a band one night uh, who was opening a show with six bands, I think. And they brought uh, a geyser, which is uh, a strobe light fixture with uh, smoke jets that sits on the floor and shoots smoke straight up in the air. And they had it plugged in to the stage stringer, which is the power box that runs across the front of the stage that's used for uh, the band's to plug their pedals into and they had plugged in their geyser into that stage stringer and I noticed that before they started and I went oh guys okay I see you have your own light there I didn't ask in advance if you had that and you didn't tell me but now you've got this thing plugged in to where your pedals are plugged in and that's not a good idea just give me a second and I'm gonna go grab a another AC cable and run it off of a different circuit because I didn't want, you know, that high draw on that that smoke geyser to interfere with any of the audio. You really want to always try and separate lighting and audio uh, on power circuits. And then as soon as I ran that cable out, they were like, oh, yeah, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. You know, just little comments like that. It's like, and that's what you get when, a you know, you have a sound guy who, you know, who knows what he's doing. And it's like, okay, there, I just did one little thing. And now these guys are like, you know, okay, cool. This is going to be a good show. This guy knows what he's doing. It's just little stuff like that. Inside, I might be super nervous and not know what I'm doing, but I did a little thing, you know, to get in their head and show them that I'm going to do what I can to make sure none of their stuff screws up. Now, sometimes bands are going to be very new and they will need you to be there to guide them like every step of the way. You'll have to tell them 
where to be and when to be there, you know, where to put their amps on stage, where to put their drum kit on stage. You'll have to lay out a carpet for them. You'll have to pick up the mic stand and move it to where they need it to be because they don't know if they're allowed to even like touch anything on stage. They'll you have to let them know they're allowed to leave the venue after their check if they want to to go get food. You have to tell them if they're allowed to go to the bathroom, like just <laughs> just all sorts of dumb stuff. But other bands will come in and try and walk all over you and do things their way because they're like, oh, well, we know what we're doing and we're in some small club or bar. So this guy's probably has no idea what's going on. You know, you just have to find a way to meet them in the middle and not get pissed off at them or, you know, or feel butthurt that, that somebody's trying to do something their own way. You know, just try and work together. Another thing you can do is just have a mindset uh, of a stagehand. So, you know, if the band's playing and say like a cymbal stand starts falling down or something's going wrong on one of the amps, uh, like get up and go onto the stage and fix the guy's cymbal for him uh, during the song. Don't be afraid to get on stage while a band's performing if it's to help fix a problem. Okay, like a lot of times in a, you know, more amateur environment or or a more low key show, things will go wrong. And then like, you know, maybe the guitar player will stop and try and help them or the singer will try and like turn around and fix something. But that's taking away from their performance ultimately. So, you know, maybe at the beginning of a song, the guitar amps not working properly. And now they're like dicking around trying to get it to work and and it's like holding things up and they're trying to they're trying to talk to the crowd and they're trying to keep the show going while trying to fix something technical and you're just sitting there at the back not doing anything no you want to go up there and and let them know like do you need my help do you need another cable and then if they go no no we got it then just then just leave it alone but if you can go up and have an idea of how to fix something you know, that's, that's what they're looking for. And, and they'll remember you if you actually pay attention to them and, and go fix something for them. So once the show's over and you're packing down and you're getting to the end of the night, um, you know, you can continue chit-chatting with them. You know, if you've already kind of started getting along with people, just, just keep talking about them, ask them some questions about the band, you know, maybe get to know them a little bit more if you're interested or you enjoyed the show for that matter. And even if you're done packing up your stuff first before they're out of there, it's a good idea to just stick around, you know, so you can say goodbye and, you know, thanks for coming to play and it was fun doing sound for you and, you know, and be there until they leave. So again, so they don't feel, I don't know, weird or like nobody cares about them. Um, It's just, that's just another thing you can do just to, to have it you know, go from, from the very beginning to the very end of the show, and then they remember who you are. So if you work somewhere that has two or three main sound guys, the more you can do when you're working with certain bands uh, who are going to be, you know, repeat customers. Again, like I was saying, if you're in a local area, there's only going to be so many bands in your area, and you're going to see the same people, uh, you know, over and over. So if you can if you can win them over as quickly as possible then the next time that they want to book at the at that venue or bar 
if they know you and had a good experience and their monitor sounded good and everything went smooth and their friends said, oh, it sounded really good and everybody had a good time, they're going to request that you come in and make sure that you're the sound guy for that night. You know, that, that's the best thing you can do is is get get on the good side of every band that you work with, if possible. And, and then you'll be more requested. You know, the more requests you get, the more work you'll get and eventually can lead to to actually working with a band at other venues. If you do a really good job at your house gig venue uh, and, and bands were really into it and they have some other shows coming up where they're not sure about the sound situation, they're going to be like, hey, can, can we call you to come do sound for us uh, for different events? Then the you know you can say sure that would be great and and you can start a working relationship with the band just from doing a good job on one show so just keep that in mind you every every single interaction you know is going to be uh, attached to your reputation and you know people in the music community they all know each other so if you're just entering you're at an entry level point and you don't know that many people you have to try and do the best job you can every single time because people talk to each other. You know, once you're in for a couple of years, they'll get to know you and you'll end up seeing people at lots of different events. So just because you have a house gig, you'll probably end up getting other opportunities to do maybe a little outdoor stuff in the summer or other, or other city or community events. And guess what? you're going to randomly run into the same people you've done sound for either playing or, or just, uh, in the audience. And you know, you, when people, what you want is when somebody sees you to just be at ease and be okay, you're good. It's this guy. I I know it's going to be good, you know? So that's what you want to try and portray every time you have an interaction with the band. So hope this was helpful. And, uh, Check out the next episode. Hey, thanks for listening, everyone. If you found this enjoyable, go ahead, click like, click follow, download the episode, leave a review on Apple. You know, it goes without saying, but every single person that responds helps me out a ton. Also, if you have any questions, you can go ahead and email soundguytips at gmail.com and we can chit chat about sound all day long.